Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here with Tom Brown, Managing Director of Innova Digital Group. Tom specializes in video-based advertising for small businesses, producing one-of-a-kind branded content, product advertisements, and content reels. Tom, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Nate. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about what you do. Tell us who you work with. Give us the scoop. Sure. So yeah, like you said, we're obviously a video agency. We've kind of niched down into the e-commerce space. We deal heavily with e-commerce sellers, Amazon people. And basically we do, the majority of our work is product videos. So uh, listing videos for Amazon or social media ads. But we, we've started to branch into what we call micro content and such like that. So we're, we're doing a lot of short form video stuff as well as just kind of photos, GIFs, basically taking one big project and extracting a lot of content out of it. Because I think, uh, as you said earlier, content's important and uh, something that people always kind of fall behind on. So we're trying to work out packages, essentially, where one project can turn into a bunch of deliverables that you can use for you know, a long time in a lot of different places. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, when you and I were talking before the call, I was, I was speaking about how content creation is always that thing that I keep pushing off. So I love that you're able to, to give more value than just one video because I think so many business owners need that to get some mm-hmm. consistent content going. Also interesting, you said GIF instead of GIFs. You're, you're going with Team GIF there? I'm Team the, GIF, okay. yes. I'm, n- I'm never sure, so I'm taking, I'm going to go with that. I'm not sure either. Here. I'm not sure <laughs> either, but that's, that's what I refer to it as. And you know what? I'm okay being on that team. Yeah, that's cool. So tell us, yeah, tell us a little, you did already, you know, talk a little bit about product videos and things like that, but talk a little bit more about how small businesses can use video and kind of what that can bring to their, their marketing sphere of things. Yeah. So, you know, the majority of our work is on the e-commerce side, but obviously as the business grows and has grown, um, we, you know, we, we've done local stuff and we've worked with kind of more typical brick and mortar type businesses, but let's, let's go back to the e-commerce side of things. I think that video to those businesses especially is really a way to differentiate yourself from your competition on a platform like Amazon that's heavily like SEO keyword optimization based. It's hard to to really get like quality and branding to come across on like a, an Amazon listing, but having a really good high quality video really makes your brand look just like a notch above everybody else. I think Amazon in general, I mean, this is changing slightly, but buying things online, you automatically assume that it's just going to be like cheap quality and not that great. And somebody's just drop shipping these from China. But if you can do a good job on the overall appearance and the branding of a product, you can really differentiate yourself uh, in the market. And so on the local kind of brick and mortar side, I think, you know, with, with COVID as well as just the way social media has kind of adapted the way that people shop online and look at things, it's really a way to set yourself apart from the competition. So let's just say in your business, you know, if I was looking at hiring a bookkeeper, I'm going to start Googling people. And if I land on a website that has six paragraphs about you and your experience and your education and stuff, that might sway some people. But for me personally, I'd love to see like, oh, here's a video with Nate. He's talking about his business. It's a minute long. It's, It's well put together. It looks nice and gets what he does across quickly. I've always liked that. I guess I've always been one of those people that's more visually stimulated and 
easily swayed by that kind of material. So it really offers businesses a way to connect and like get ideas across and a, a quality across that they weren't typically able to do with just having a WordPress website and a couple of social media posts with like stock imagery. I think consumers really want to see businesses are transparent and like active and yeah, just just professional. And I think having a good online presence is a part of that. And I think video is probably the biggest part of that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, as someone who who buys a lot of items on Amazon, as everyone else in the world does, it, it's so hard to know what's quality and what's not. And Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's sometimes feels like a lottery sometimes in some ways. You're like, well, I can read the reviews, but who knows if the reviews are yeah. are accurate or genuine, right? 100%. So I, I love the idea of video. I, I know I've seen that on a few products that I've purchased, but that's cool. I hope that expands, honestly, just because I think it's going to give consumers a little bit more power and choice in, in kind of knowing what they're buying into. Yeah. As far as what small businesses you can work with, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, bookkeeping. Are there certain industries, you know, whether it's service-based versus product-based, but do you think video can be used in all industries and all platforms? Is there kind of a niche that it's more effective in? I mean, I I know we keep mentioning Amazon, but if I'm thinking more about like, yeah, you said the brick and mortar or, you know, know, that side of things, what does that look like? I think that everybody can benefit from it. And in a lot of like industries that you might not expect to be as like active on socials and or like having a good online presence. I mean, so we've done videos for gyms and stuff that they can send off to clients for recruiting. And like, you know, that that makes a little bit more sense. But we've also done projects for office furniture companies, basically, where they will either break down offices or like bring in new office furniture. And so that's one of those things where the, the the competition for them, like has the website that hasn't been updated since the nineties and you know, like their nearest competitor again, like maybe has a Facebook page, but like hasn't posted anything. And so I I view it as like, you know, a a very low bar, but like if I was uh, again, going to hire a big company to remove six floors of office spaces, which is stuff that this company does, you know, probably, big, big ticket items, we put together like a two minute video forum. That's just a piece about the company, what they do, and actually like quite a bit about the owner, which he had a really, you know, touching story. And I think we, we did a good job of getting that across in the video. I personally think, and hopefully it has for them, but I think it's, it's put them in a category of like, all right, I feel like I know this guy. I feel like I know the company a little bit more. I can see them actually working. And the video, it was obviously done well. And it just looks like they know what they're doing. And having that extra degree of polish, I think is just like helpful for anyone. So you said if it's, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Like, I don't, I don't genuinely think it does. I think anyone in any business can benefit from video. Obviously, it, you got to be able to invest in it at a level that makes sense for you. But for companies that feel like they, uh, they're in a business that's not interesting or, you know, who's going to want to watch this video. I think that their clients, their potential clients do want to watch their videos about them. Like, obviously it's not going to go viral to the masses, <laughs> but I think that it, it does, it does have value for, again, for businesses that don't think that they are at an interesting space. Does that make sense? It does. I mean, come on. I want to see some office furniture on TikTok. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And and I mean, I, I totally agree. I think video is a medium that so few businesses use. 
and it just builds trust so quickly. Like you said, you're seeing it's a real, real mm-hmm. person, a real company, and you can learn a little, little bit about their story as well. So it kind of gets into the whole storytelling side of things as well, which is powerful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a business owner, when we're thinking about marketing and things like that, there's always a lot of options. So if someone's thinking about getting into, you know, working with someone to, to do some video for them, whether it's content or even just some, some videos about them, what are a couple things they should look for in an agency who does video? You know, I mean, I would imagine there's kind of a wide range just because everyone yep. has a smartphone. So you could, you know, have someone on a really basic sense who doesn't really know what they're doing. How do you kind of weed that out? How do you find a quality person to look for? What are some qualities you should look for? Yeah. So, you know, as you said, I, I, to be honest, as much as I'd love to say that you have to go with an agency or company like mine, you really don't. And for companies that are thinking about venturing into video content, there's definitely a way to do it with just about zero budget. And usually like the staff that you either currently have or yourself, like you said, everybody has a phone that does 1080 P quality, if not better, you can get a nice microphone off Amazon for about $30, plug it right into the phone, and you already have a halfway decent setup going forward. Anyone that is computer literate can learn how to cut together some video on iMovie or some other free software fairly easily. It does take time. It takes a little bit of learning. And truthfully, nobody enjoys being on camera. But for businesses that are wanting to kind of tiptoe into it first, I, I again, I'd say, look at your staff pick out who's the youngest, who has the nicest phone uh, and start doing things. You don't necessarily need to do a big brand video that's three minutes, five minutes long. I would just start taking pictures of every client, every project that you have going on. My biggest tip for businesses, especially on the social landscape, is just look busy. I think people like to go to a business that looks busy and looks like they're actually, you know, they know their stuff. So just if you're, again, the furniture company, they take pictures of every job site and they post them up. If you're a music teacher, take pictures of, you know, you within your lessons and stuff like that. Just post up little things as often as you can. And then you can start working into to video. Once you feel like you're at a point where, you know, you kind of want to take the next leap to do something a little bit more professional, maybe for more so of, a, of an advertisement, like you're going to put some money behind it, a little bit more of a dedicated marketing spend. That's when it's, it's worthwhile to look into a, like a company that can professionally do this so you're not kind of running gunning it with a cell phone. And so again, there's no shortage of companies that do video related work. But I think the biggest thing for me is finding a company that has the style and aesthetic that you're looking for. I think there are people that have been doing video probably for 20 years but it kind of shows like they, they still have like a, an old school way of doing things and like their videos just kind of look frankly a little corny and they got some, <laughs> some old school music and stuff. I think, which yeah, depending on your industry might be fine, right? But I, I think that finding a company that kind of aligns with your values and is going to represent your company in the way that you want it to be represented is the biggest hurdle to jump through first. There are a lot of people in this space and I think that there's tons of opportunity out there. I mean, you can get a really good job done by the kid that just got out of college and you know has a little bit of gear, but he's not charging ridiculous rates yet. And you can get a lot of good quality products through companies like mine or even, even higher. But I think people, I'd love to just see more people investing in video, whether it's on a bigger scale or a smaller scale, but like just making the, the steps towards putting some attention towards it first. And I think that a lot of people don't because they assume that like, oh, well, I'm gonna have to hire a company and it's going to be, you know, 10 grand to do a video or something like that. And I, I just don't think that that's so true anymore. That's great. And I really think 
people are going to appreciate that process and, and the honesty too, you know, that you don't necessarily need to start off with the best and, and biggest, but start small. So yeah, thanks for sharing. That's really helpful. I, I know for me, that's something I, I want to get better at as well. You know, just personally is I need to have some better updates of what I'm actually doing. You know, when you think about bookkeeping, it's a little hard because it's like, this feels like it's gonna be really boring for people to see. Like I'm taking a picture of myself working on my computer. Here mm-hmm. I am working on my computer. But the base idea behind it is great. And I think that's something that, yeah, we can all strive to, to get better at. So mm-hmm. I want to transition questioning a little bit to kind of your, your journey into business ownership. So I know you've owned a couple sure. businesses and, and started a couple before this even. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about entrepreneurship, how you've gotten into that and kind of that process for you. Yeah. So I was in high school when I started, like most kids in high school, didn't really know what you wanted to do with your life. And you find a couple of things or some hobby takes charge. And then you're like, you know what? I, at the time, wanted to be a DJ, right? I think that was when Dead Mouse was starting to become a popular icon. <laughs> and at my high school, me was like, you know, that sounds fun. I'll do that. And so I invested pretty much all of my money at the time into DJ equipment. And as the dream of being a DJ faded, I had all this equipment. And I was like, you know what? With like one or two other things, I could probably like get a recording studio going. And that, that was it. You know, I wasn't necessarily right away like, I can make money doing this. But I think naturally... I think naturally I did see some potential in it. And like, you know, it'd be fun. Like we could make music, make a little bit of money. It's a win-win. Everyone has a good time. So yeah. I started Ice Studios, which is uh, just a home-based recording studio. It wasn't anything big. And, fr- and frankly, it never became anything big, but it funded me throughout college and allowed me to not have to get, you know, a part-time job. I was making uh, enough to live off of doing the studio stuff there. And so I think it was that was probably the first business that was just very interest and hobby driven. And it was like, you know, I have all this kind of stuff. Why not just uh, try to make a buck with it? And then the second business was uh, an automotive related thing. I, I was and am still into cars as much as I can try to be here. And with this business, this was a little bit more of, I saw a potential for it because there was, it was a very new product on the market and there were not companies doing it for reasons I'll allude to later, but it, it appealed to a market of the automotive community that was, you know, on the the cheaper side of things, right? They wanted to get cool stuff done for cheap, right? And so with a very little investment on some initial equipment to essentially paint cars, it was like an automotive removable paint called Plasti Dip. I I started that business and another home-based business. I kind of renovated our family's garage, drywalled it, put up some lights, cleaned it out really nice, or at least as nice as I, you know, could. And I was like, you know what? Crank out a Facebook page. I never even built a website for that company. I got a a grasshopper phone number and went to town. And that business, actually, the referral business was very was very good from that. Uh, and again, that was where I started to learn and apply my my kind of process of like every job that came in, I did it before and after because I mean that's half the business, right? It's the transformation of like, oh look, this car is this color. Now it's this color. Right. Uh, so I'd always document those things. The owners would love to share it, and so. Between those two businesses, again, I was cranking and banking to some degree and really learned to love business and kind of growing it and, you know, what needed to happen to, to kind of scale up to the next level. Ultimately, both of those businesses, I decided to kind of walk away from because I think I made the mistake of appealing to the, the bottom end of the market. Not that the clientele were bad, but it was just people that didn't have kind of deep pockets. And at some point I realized this time when I was like, you know, I, if I'm going to work let's say a 40, 60 hour week, even if I was maxing out, 
it wasn't going to be like a crazy amount of income to the point where I'd feel like happy and justified. The, the, especially the car related stuff was uh, physically taxing. And I feel like I've, I've dealt with some back issues from it. A sacrifice worth making. But so when I started Innova, it was a little bit more of like, I can do this creatively from home. I can work from a computer and I can get paid to use my brain a little bit more than my hands. And so I, I liked that, but I think those two businesses kind of laid the foundation for my entrepreneurial spirit. But I don't know. I don't, I don't really necessarily have that traditional, like I got into this because, you know, I could never stand working for somebody or anything like that. The last job I had before I did my own thing, I actually really enjoyed. I think maybe that was actually what kind of pushed me is I saw my boss was kind of like mildly successful, but like kind of floundering about. And I was like, dude, if this guy can do it, like <laughs> I totally do this. So I don't know. I, I obviously I like the the freedom and the control that, that goes along with it, but I think it's it's ultimately. I I never liked doing things that I didn't want to do. Uh, I'm sure anyone that has had or had, you know hasn't worked for themselves and has has worked a, a job understands that like I don't know. There's nothing worse than your boss being like, "Oh, you got to do this," and you're like, "Oh man, I hate that." <laughs> like I don't want right. to do that. And I remember at my the, the the job before I did my own thing. You know, not like unethical things by any means, but there were a couple of times so I'm like, I didn't I didn't feel right doing this, and like I had to do it, and I didn't like that feeling, and so. Yeah, it, it kind of pushed me to just like rack my brain as to like, all right, what what can I do to kind of make a bigger business here than the the studio where the the Plasti Dip was going to be able to take me to, and that's kind of where I settled on here. And over the last couple of years, it's gone from kind of a wide ranging digital agency. You know, we'll do a website for you, we'll do logos, and you know, we had done that for clients, but now we're pretty much 100% video focused, and then even from that, pretty heavily invested into e-commerce and online selling community. So. Yeah, that's really cool. It's a, a great journey through those and a lot of good insights in there. It's cool how you guys have, have niched down, you know, even from, like you said, from kind of being more of a full service agency to video and then down into e-commerce specifically. But yeah, going back through kind of those three businesses, I mean, you mentioned a couple of things being, you know, a little more picky with clients, making sure you're working with clients who can, who can kind of pay a little bit of a higher rate, kind of the process of, of posting and, and looking busy. Are there other common threads that you see through those that can give insights kind of into business ownership or, or give some tips on some pieces that help make a successful business? You know, I think with those businesses, it wasn't so much that like there wasn't big ticket things. It was just that the, the value on the other end wasn't necessarily there. And I think that being in a business especially in the service-based industry, being in a, a business that obviously provides more value than yeah, you're taking from you know, an investment standpoint makes sense, right? So at the studio, I was taking money from people that weren't making any money on the other end. And so it was, it was difficult for me, like I, I felt for them a little bit, you know, right, I felt like I was like, right. take, it's like taking candy from a baby. Like there was nothing they could do to, you know, uh, obviously they decided to come to me, but like they weren't making money on the other end. But with this company, I think, I, I've realized that like there's obviously a value to what I do and it's like typically, I don't know, more than what a lot of people in this space were like used to investing in or like, you know, expecting video people to charge. And so, I mean, to, to, to go back to your question, it seems that as time goes on, I, I realized that, like I said, there, there's a value to what I do that wasn't necessarily there before. 
And so finding an industry or business that, as cliche as it sounds, yeah, brings value is important. But knowing the, the value of the value you bring is, is super important to building a business that you're not going to just like constantly be working tirelessly in. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. Even when you're thinking about selling your services and marketing your services, if you don't feel like it's valuable or if it's truly going to help your clients, it can be pretty hard to market yourself, you know, as well. So, so thinking into kind of one more question here, if someone's just kind of stepping into the entrepreneurship world in that role, what advice would you give to them if they're just thinking about, should I do this? Should I go to my own? What would you say? Yeah, I'd say do it. You know, I think there's there's kind of an age long dilemma of like, are entrepreneurs built or or made? Are you kind of born like this? Or I don't. I I personally believe that anyone can can do their own thing. I think that you can be an entrepreneur and not necessarily be the Gary Vaynerchuk of the industry. And you know, like <laughs> wake up in the morning, you got to hustle, and you got to do this, and you got to be ruthless. And you know, it's like, I think that as social media has kind of taken over the idea entrepreneurship is viewed differently than perhaps it was in the past. But I think that everyone, if you looked hard enough, has something that they do or that they know how to do that is unique, special, and valuable and people would pay money for. And I feel like I've done that three times now with these businesses. I would also recommend for people that are interested in starting a business that to be smart about what you're you're doing right away. I think that, you know, I'm on my third, I didn't even mention another business I had that, you know, didn't last very long. I don't think that you have to have the one thing right away. If you're interested in entrepreneurship, there are a lot of ways to kind of tiptoe into it. And I think that anyone can, can kind of make something work. I would say tips of advice right off the bat is service-based things are a lot easier because you don't necessarily have the overhead of like a brick and mortar. You're not investing heavily into R&D on a product, you don't have a, a storefront. Uh, right. The dreams of opening a restaurant is a loftier dream than being like, you know what? I would like to be a mobile detailer for cars or I would like to be yeah. a bookkeeper. You know, it, it's easier to run businesses like that remotely by yourself and be profitable in a short period of time. So obviously we can't project our wishes on other people, but I think that just about, again, everyone has something in their knowledge bank that they could use and make some money with. There's so many tools out there that weren't before to make running a business online cheaply easy. So Facebook, again, for the PlastiDip company, I never had a website. I literally ran everything off of Facebook and I had a a phone number that was like 20 bucks a month. You can do that. Square will let you run a credit card. You can plug something in your phone, swipe a credit card. It looks all legit. It pops up as whatever company you want on the other end on the person's receipt. It looks professional, right? There are a lot of businesses that you can get in and just start getting the entrepreneurial juices flowing without having to invest a whole bunch of money or take this massive leap that I feel like everybody kind of talks about. So yeah, hopefully those, those are some, some solid tips. No, those are super solid. I mean, I totally agree. You, you mentioned kind of the ease of service-based businesses getting started. And I, I love that because I think, I mean, that's so true. That's, that's my story as well, you know, is I wanted to do something that wasn't going to require me to cash out my retirement and take huge, huge leap. I mean, it still was a leap, but I, I feel like it's never been easier just with the amount of resources yeah. there are. Like you said, there's so many tools to make you look official quickly and to be official and just to have kind of some ease of use with a lot of things. So I love that. I think that's true. You know, it's it's easy to start it as a side hustle. Like you said, kind of dip your toes in the water, 
try it out, see how it is. If you love it, you can kind of push forward and grow. And if not, you can kind of pull back and say, all right, I'm going to go back to that employee life and yeah. the, the safety in that. So really, really great tips. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom, thanks for being on today. I no, love the content on the, on the video marketing. I hope our listeners can definitely take some information from that and get into that. And also just the, the business advice too. Thanks so much. I hope so. Yeah. Thank you, Nate. I'm going to have Tom's information below the description in this podcast. So you can definitely check him out on LinkedIn, check out his company and see what he's up to. I'm sure he'll be posting lots of pictures and videos of, of himself staying busy. Every so job. You can check it out there. See that, see the man in action. So thanks for listening. And we will see you next time on the Navigating Business Podcast.